0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduho, Na when a starinoho, when a starfiruho, when a minubihi, when a Tawakaluale, when a uthu belahi minshururi and fusina, women say yati amalina, may yahdi hilah who fellah mudilla, may you little who fellah had the ala, when a shadow ilaha illo, when a shadow and no Mohammedan Abuzu الله وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما من الشيطان الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين الله لعلكم تفلحون الله my beloved brother and sisters we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. ونستعينه, we seek His help. ونستغفره, we seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions and whomever Allah guides none can misguide and whomever Allah lets astray none can guide and we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah there is no master but Allah we are servants to none but Allah there is no god but Allah and we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and many more and many more And my beloved brother and sisters and daughters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand before you, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. Especially in the summertime, although I say this throughout the entire year, we're about at the midpoint of summer, actually past the midpoint of summer, there's only about a month until school restarts. And ask yourself, how different are you from the person who began the summer? Or how different can you be From the person you are today when you start in the summer. So we have the teaching that I've mentioned many times, that if you go through a whole week without moving forward, then you've actually stepped back. In fact, according to some narrations, if you've gone through three days without stepping forward, you've actually stepped back. Now the point to think about is in three days, you're not going to suddenly transform into a completely different person. But in three days, you can change something ultra-small in the things that you do. And ultra-small, I'm saying that if you don't ever say anything like Alhamdulillah or SubhanAllah or Allahu Akbar, you can increase that by one per day, right? Ultra-small changes. Because a companion asked the Prophet, peace be upon him, what is the best of all deeds? And he's given multiple answers to multiple companions, but in our, our, our purposes here, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that which is done consistently, even if it is small. And so change for us takes place by way of baby steps very often, especially if you're making change within yourself on your own. And that's especially hard if you're trying to change yourself on your own because every single thing around you is still the same. So you're like a square that fits into a whole puzzle piece and that one slot is a square. And if you're trying to change your shape, it's very difficult because, again, everything else is the same. So what do you do? You make baby steps and changes and try to be consistent. And those of you who have been coming to my office with instructions or advice or assignments, that's what we do. I say for this month, work on such and such. And depending on how that goes, we'll either increase it or we'll change it. And so keep that point in mind. also keep the point in mind that the door is always open to make changes within yourself. That you might think to yourself, okay, I've already gone through so many years doing so much wrong, or I've gone through so many years being negligent, that why even try? Okay, that's, that's not our tradition. Our tradition is that you never give up hope. And it means you never give up hope in yourself, because when you give up hope in yourself, it also means you're giving up hope in Allah. right? Which then means you are not taking Allah as the most merciful. That the love for Allah Ta'ala has for each and every one of us, you and I know, far exceeds the love that our mothers have for us, that our parents have for us. And every one of us who's a parent, uh, which is probably not most of you, but every one of us who's a parent can still can attest to the fact that the love that you have for your child is immeasurable. Even if your children are just sitting there, you know, adjusting their hijabs or playing with their glasses, your love for them is, is beyond measure. And we're saying that the love that Allah Ta'ala has for each and every one is greater than that. Which then means that if I want to make changes in my life, there should always be hope. And sometimes hope is the smallest amount of faith that a person can have. And I have to make this point over and over again. When students come to my office in despair, feeling like giving up on everything, and I'll tell them, okay, the fact that you've come to my office means you have hope. And you have to accept that. So we build upon that, we build upon that hope with, with Iman, with Iman in Allah, Iman in the Prophet, peace be upon him, Iman in the Day of Judgment. And what do we mean when we, when we speak of Iman? We're not just speaking about having faith. What does it mean to have faith? You take something as true, you can't really prove it. When we're saying Iman, we're saying you have a level of security about it, that you feel secure in the truth that Allah is there. You feel secure in the truth that the Prophet, peace be upon him, Is Rahmah for all the worlds. You feel secure in the truth that there is an inescapable day of judgment. But the point is that you and I have to make the choice to nurture that which is within ourselves. And it is in the nature of dunya itself that you're always going to be swimming upstream. You will feel like you're swimming upstream in a society where nobody is Muslim. You're going to feel like you're swimming upstream in a society where everybody is Muslim. Because most everyone else is being washed down. through through this intense river that we call dunya. So what does that also mean? Every single one of us, by virtue of the fact that we're Muslims in this world, have a feeling of living in exile. Now I'm looking at all of us, all of us are coming from immigrant backgrounds, although some of us might have been born here, the point being that when you're coming from an immigrant background here, you automatically feel like you're in exile. Because when you're here, you feel like you're out of place, and then when you go to a back home country, you might also feel out of place there, because you were raised here. And so the point is that exile is our norm, but this is just in Islam. This is also central in Judaism, that in Judaism, the story is that humanity was kicked out of, out of paradise, and then, and then the Jewish people were, were put into their, to their diaspora, and this is before the whole conversation on Israel, but the point is that that's also part of many Jewish philosophies, that we are living in this world in exile. So what am I saying? That there's a part of this, there's a part of you that will never ever fit into this world. You and I are made out of matter, right? We eat from this world. We have relationships in this world, but there's a part of us in this world that will never ever fit in this world, no matter what environment we're in. And so what I'm saying is that even if you're not of immigrant background, you will still always find yourself feeling out of place in this world because there's a part of you that is from beyond this world. And thus, what does that mean? There is always going to be a certain amount of unhappiness within yourself, no matter what your situation is, because of that part of you that can only be fulfilled by increasing your relationship with Allah. Meaning, your physical self you can make happy with eating and drinking certain things and doing other physical actions. Your emotional self, you can fulfill that with humor and happiness and what have you. You My daughters always bother me about how much I like to make memes, but the point is that makes me happy, making silly memes. But there's a part of you that will only find happiness in bringing yourself closer to Allah. Nothing else will bring that part of you into happiness, and that part of you is located within your heart. Allah Ta'ala says, he, there's an narration attributed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, where the Prophet is reported to have said that Allah has said, this is hadith Pugsi, that Allah has said that the universe cannot contain me, but the human heart can contain me. And so think about this. When you're reflecting upon life, when you're feeling lonely, when you are feeling <coughs> that nobody identify with you or you cannot identify with anyone. Some of that might just mean that you are socially awkward. That could be what it means, but some of that also very deeply is referring to the fact that there's a part of you that will only find satisfaction with Allah. And so what are those things that will help you get satisfaction? That we'll talk about in just a moment, but now let us take a moment and ask Allah ta'ala for forgiveness. Wa and alhamdulillah We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Taala. We say blessings upon the Prophet, peace be upon him. So we're saying here that the one key to happiness, true happiness in your heart, is to get closer to Allah Taala. And all of us intellectually, we already know this, but it becomes a matter of actually putting it into practice. And one of the key ways to develop this happiness is to increase your Salah, to increase your Namaz. If you're someone who is praying zero, then you increase it little by little, right? We said what? The the best uh, deeds are those that are done consistently, even if they're small. So for some students, I'll give them the assignment of making Sajdas on a regular basis. Other students, if you're making one a day, to increase it to two, what have you. Those are conversations we can have individually. But what am I saying? That if you can bring yourself to the point that you're becoming very regular in your prayers, to the point that you're also making naful, the nawafu, you will start beginning to feel little doses of that sweetness of iman. If you're only fulfilling the bare minimum, the farth, then chances are you're only doing it to fulfill the bare minimum. And I'm telling you from experience, it is easier to make your full prayer farth sunnah nafl for all five it's easier to do that than to try to make one prayer just the farth on a daily basis but you can only get to that point if you put in the effort to try okay. why why is it easier because when you're trying to make one farth per day shaitan is trying to get you to not make that one farth per day if you're trying to make all of your nafl prayers Shaitan is not going to be able to get you to stop praying farth, is not going to be able to get you to stop praying sunnah, but will try to get you to stop praying Nafl. So your sunnahs are protecting your farth, your Nafls are protecting your sunnahs. And that's how it works. But we will all go through phases of highs and lows with your prayers. We will all go through phases of highs and lows with your iman. That is also part of the experience of iman. And that is also because we'll be hit with different things in our lives. Some of the things that hit us in our lives will bring us closer to Allah, or compel us to get closer to Allah. Other things will hit us in our lives, and we'll start wondering, "Yeah, Allah, why is this happening to me?" Okay. That's also normal, and all the old geezers like myself can tell you that that's very much a normal part of life. Okay. But the point is, you have to try. You have to keep trying. Thus, thus we often say that the sixth pillar of Islam is jihad. Or, the Prophet peace be upon him is reported to have said "You know that Islam is built on five, and you know the five pillars. And then other narrations where where the Prophet peace be upon him is reported to have said that jihad is the pillar of Islam. And of course, that's a whole conversation, what does jihad mean, but in this context, what do I mean? That you keep trying. And if you keep trying, then inshallah, Allah will reward us according to the best of what we have done. So please keep this point in mind, especially as we're going through the home stretch of summer, where most of us have a little bit more time than we usually do. As you know, my schedule is nonstop intensity as soon as the school year begins up until the point that the school year ends. But I have even much more time right now to reflect on these things. What else is a way to help in you developing? your relationship with Allah. Get to know the Quran and get to know the Prophet, peace be upon him. And when you're reading the Quran, allow yourself to dive into it. If you, if you don't understand the Arabic, read it in translation and allow yourself to dive into it and explore it and challenge it. The author of the Quran is smarter than you and I. And what I mean by that is you can challenge the Quran left, right, up and down and you're not going to break it but you will get satisfaction that your questions are getting answered or you'll get satisfaction from the sheer uh, chance to ask questions. And another point that I've made quite a few times in the past few khutbas: get to know the Prophet, peace be upon him, better. Not as much by Sira, not as much by his biography, but more by Shama'il. And these are his attributes. What was his face like? And when you see what his face was like in your imagination, Look for people who seem to have that face. Or what was his skin like? What color was his skin? What were his eyes like? What was his nose like? What were his shoulders like? What were his hands like? And then look for that in other people. And then you will reach a point, as you do that more and more, that when you are looking for the prophet, peace be upon him, in other people, you will be implementing this sentiment of rahma within yourself. And then you'll take it further Because then you start looking in nature, which is a fourth way to develop a relationship with Allah Ta'ala. In this good weather, even though it's sweltering heat, in this good weather, spend time outside and just allow yourself to take nature in. But why am I connecting this to the Prophet, peace be upon him? That when we speak of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is rahmah for all the worlds. Then you look at a tree and try to reflect on that as being rahmah to you. When you look at a cloud, try to reflect on that as being rahmah to you. Or when you see people walking by, or when you see a baby. Every one of us, when we look at a baby, we can't help but to smile. Even if it's the ugliest baby in the world, you can't help but to smile. Right? And so, but I mean, don't tell the parents that the baby is ugly, but the point I'm making, uh, my beloved brothers and sisters and daughters, is that these are different ways for you to develop that relationship with Allah that can help them develop happiness in that one space in your heart that cannot find happiness anywhere else. So with that, (coughs) I remind you of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whom when he was in public, he was always smiling. That was his natural expression. Although his wives say that when he was in private, he was often very, very depressed, because he was concerned about every one of us. But what does Allah Taala say about him in the Quran? The simple translation is indeed, indeed, indeed. Allah and His angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O oh, you who believe, send blessings upon him. Inna Allah, <laughs> wa Nabi amanu wa taslima. Allahumma ala Muhammad ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa wa barakus salim Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barakus salim O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and upon his companions and upon his, and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil hasanah wa qina our lord our cherisher our sustainer grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire subhana rabbika rabbil izati ma yasifun wa salamun alal mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin qiyamus salah